If you asked Razor how he was doing, the standard response was, better than you, Chico. No, baby, that's for somebody else. We're just gonna keep you right where you're at right now. The Wrestling Realm presents Break It Down with Brian H. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this episode of Break It Down with Brian H. I'm your host, Brian H. Waters. Today's episode is just going to be you know, a quick tribute that I want to do. As you know, wrestling fans out there, we lost a legend. The great Scott Hall. A lot of people know him as Razor Ramon. And he was somebody who really impacted the business. Single-handedly, almost, um, because a, a decision that he made. You go back to 1996, when he decided that he was leaving WWF to go to WCW. And a lot of people, obviously... Everything has to work out right. He has to leave. He has to convince Kevin Nash to leave. They have to get Hulk Hogan on board. Thus, we have the NWO. But I say single handedly from the standpoint of him being the first one to make that decision. So that's what I mean. Um, I'm not going to be one of the people, and no offense to anybody, but I'm not going to be one of the people who say, oh, yeah, he was my favorite wrestler. When if it's not genuine, just because that's not what I do. He was somebody that he was amongst, I would say my top 20. There was a time where there was never a time where he was like my favorite wrestler on a roster. He was number two to Bret Hart during the new generation era. But and then obviously with the NWO, I'm not going to sit up here and say that I was fully sold. Like I remember when they had went over and joined WCW and we seen him show up, but what sold me on the NWO was Hogan. Now, with that being said, he does have a rightful place as far as I'm concerned, you know, in my fandom, the, the stuff he did, you go back to the toothpick. I, I believe if I'm not mistaken, he may have been the first person that I like despise and then really liked. He may be like one of those people that I can vividly remember making the switch from bad guy to good guy. When I was coming up watching, I don't necessarily remember Macho Man being the bad guy. Yeah, I have memories of WrestleMania 6. But it's just the main event, to be honest with you. And I remember sitting there watching WrestleMania 7, but I remember watching WrestleMania. I can't tell you what matches I was watching. So, like, my first time really grasping towards Macho Man, he was already a good guy. We're talking WrestleMania 8 and so forth. My first time, you know, I think that's really, like, the one person I can think of because everybody else was pretty much solid good guy. Maybe The Undertaker. But I was never like at that age a big oh my goodness, I gotta see the Undertaker. I was still rooting for the good guys, rooting for the bad guys, but I don't even remember heel Undertaker, to be honest with you. Like, I don't remember really 
And you know what? No, yeah, I do. But I, I just, it just seemed like he was there. The next thing you know, he was good. You know, you got to remember, I'm talking from my four-year-old brain. So, you know, it's scrambled. <laughs> I mean, at that time, I just watched wrestling, but I was only concerned about the bigger stars. I was concerned about the ones who was, I was looking at the magazines on the front cover, uh, which was Hogan, you know, who's ever like the toys that I had, who I was playing with on the video games. But I do remember Scott Hall coming in, you know, him being raised Ramon in 1992 and me looking at him like, hmm, okay. Oh, yeah, I don't like him because he's going against Macho Man. And I, I always remember I was thinking this whole week. I was like, man, I remember when one time my grandmother said, oh, he think he cute. You know, and her and my mother would say that about guys on the television all the time. But I just vividly remember her saying that. And I can remember watching Survivor Series 92 and the whole deal with Mr. Perfect and Macho Man teaming up. If you remember, Mr. Perfect was supposed to be on... Uh, he was supposed to be Flair and Razor's manager, but because Ultimate Warrior was let go or he quit, they had to go with the replacement. And, you know, Bruce Pritchard always says, if you're going to make a replacement, it's got to be a big splash, got to be better than the original. And in this case, it worked out for it being Mr. Perfect because Hogan wasn't coming back at that time. You know, Hogan would eventually come back in 93, but, you know, at that time he wasn't coming. So it made sense. So I'm sitting there watching this and I'm like, okay. But then, like, I don't, I just remember, okay, you know, he was bad, bad guy for so long, going into WrestleMania 9. I I was listening to Corey Graves and he said, you know, I think it was his, one of his co-hosts, forgive me for not remembering his name, but one of his co-host producers as they was honoring him, they said they remember Scott Hall, they were first seeing the WrestleMania 10 match, and then they went back and got some old videos and say, wait, he was a bad guy at WrestleMania 9, and y'all know WrestleMania 9 is one of my favorites. So when that happened, you see Razor come out there with, um, you see him come out with, against Bob Backlund. And he came out there against Bob Backlund, was like, oh, okay. And that that wasn't a good match. You could see it just there was just no chemistry. But fast forward later on, he gets beat by the one, two, three kid. And I said on Mac Mania this week, that's one of those matches. I remember watching with my sister. Actually, I don't think I said this part, but I remember watching that night with my sister. I was telling David Shoemaker and it was always like I have some wrestling memories where. I might have missed the big moments because I went to go do something, whether it was go to the restroom or go get some water. In this case, I went to go get some water and I come back upstairs and my sister's like, the guy beat Razor Ramon. I'm like, what? Stop lying. Because I'm used to seeing, okay, you bring in these enhancement towns. We didn't know it was called jobbers, but I think it's kids, we called them no names. And I was like, well, who is this guy? He beat Razor Ramon. That makes no sense. But sure enough, he did. He beat Razor Ramon, and the next week he beat him again. And now they say, "Yeah, we're gonna call him the One Two Three Kid." And but I remember missing that moment, and I think maybe that's one of the reasons why I stand out to him because I remember vividly what happened. Um, but you know, just going fast forward when he became a good guy, like I said, I was a fan of his. 
watching his match with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 10. We all know that's the classic stolen night. Um, for me, it was a win-win because you had Razor Ramon winning the Intercontinental Championship. You had Macho Man beating Crush, and you had Bret Hart regaining the WWE Championship. I should say Razor Ramon uh, becoming the undisputed Intercontinental Champion. So that made me happy. And, you know, I was watching as I was doing, you know, going through the tributes and watching a lot of stuff. I was watching his photo shoot, and he talked about Shawn Michaels making him a star that night, telling the referee as he's laying there, tell Razor, climb the ladder, and hold up both belts. Because of Shawn Michaels doing that, we have this iconic photo that a lot of us go to, a lot of us think about with Razor Ramon. And he's even said in some cases that a lot of people forget he won the match. I think this week most people have now remembered, if we want to be honest, that he won that match because of what happened. I said on Mac Mania that he made the Intercontinental Championship have swag. It was always the championship for the worker. It was always, you know, you put it on the guy who could give you the best matches. Sometimes, and eventually it would become the title that if they held this title graciously, they were up next, right? You think about with Macho Man Randy Savage doing that. I think Pedro Morales may have been the first person to do that. But yeah, we're thinking about Macho Man. And then you think about Bret Hart, them being the guy up next. I think for Razor Ramon, you could say maybe it was his demons. Um, unfortunately, when he was in WCW, he was able to partake in that stuff a little bit more than he was in WWE because a little bit more discipline. But you like to think, okay, maybe he would have gotten another uh, an eventual run. Just the timing wasn't right. You think back to people, you always, I always say when people say so-and-so should have been a world champion, I always say, okay, when would you have done this? You think back to, was you going to put the title on him in 93 when he fresh? No, because you were established, you know, it was Bret Hart at Royal Rumble and you were setting up for Bret versus Yokozuna. Then Yoko had his long run. He was the top heel. And now you go into 94. Well, you're being a babyface territory. By this time, Razor's a babyface and he's feuding with Shawn Michaels and Diesel as you're establishing Diesel. So you're not going to put the world championship on him because you're not going to transition from Brett to Razor, especially in a time where you're trying to really emphasize you're, you're going away from the bigger guys. And then 95, you know, that was Diesel's time. Number one baby face. And Razor was, you know, holding it down with the mid car. Him and Jeff Jarrett, he helped get Jeff Jarrett established in the WWF territory. We all know Jeff Jarrett you know, did his thing in, you know, I think it was like Memphis and all that, but razor helped him get established. So as time moved along, we saw razor, um, yo, correction, Shawn Michaels. I go to Shawn Michaels because Brett, apparently, you know, there was a conversation. Shawn talked, they talked about this during their sit down, Brett and Shawn, where 
Sean said, he, what Brett said, Sean said he wanted to work with Diesel. And he wanted to work with Hunter Hearst Helmsley. And he felt like he could get another run with Razor and maybe even the kid. So you're thinking, okay, Shawn Michaels is the number one babyface. He's going to be the guy to carry the company now. Maybe that's the time you take him and turn him into a heel. Um, You know, maybe that's the time you take Razor, turn him into a heel, get him a small run. But now I got to listen to my brothers, uh, Corey, Glenn, and Champ Creed, because they talked about what if Razor never and Diesel never went there. Um, so, I mean, you know, give my thoughts on it before I listen to their show. I encourage you to check out the Wrestling Marks of Excellence. When you finish this, I'm, I'm eager to listen to their show. But one of the things I think about is if they didn't leave, it's easy to say we don't get wrestling. We, wrestling doesn't change. But here's the one thing you got to think about, too. Their click was in Vince's ear. You had Razor. You had Diesel. You had Sean. You had Hunter. You had Kid. All the guys who was at the curtain call, Kid wasn't there. But all the guys who was at the curtain call, you had all of them in Vince's ear. Eventually, they would have, you know, did what they had to do i think i think eventually yeah wc we know wcw forced them to go that route but i think with their creative minds and their love for the business they would have eventually got them to kind of change and eventually get them to get vincent man to kind of go a little bit more edgy so it was a possibility that we could have got um razor as a wwf champion you know, he goes to WCW, Sky Hall. And if you look at the NWO, you have three dynamic personalities. Well, first of all, you got three giants, right? You know, well, Sky Hall was six foot. He was six foot seven. So two and a you could say maybe, maybe not. Most people say the perfect build for a wrestler, you know, kind of like The Rock, Randy Orton. I think you look at those guys, they got the right size. They meet that test of you look at the airport, you just say, hmm, they are somebody. Who is that guy? I don't know who he is, but I want to know. I want to find out. I want to get to know him. So they meet the airport test. But Scott Hall has so much charisma and he oozed in machismo that when you saw him, he found a way to stand out. When you think about Degeneration X, if you think about Sean and Triple H. Remember, when Sean was running the main event scene, Triple H was the sidekick. Now, Triple H had to either sink or swim, and he he swam. And eventually, they you know, they would fall apart and come back together. But X-Pac, Road Dog, Billy Gunn, they weren't equal. They weren't world champions. But also... They didn't hold it. They wasn't like a strong enough personality, right? You had Hogan and you had Kevin Nash. One was the face of wrestling, broke all the records, put wrestling the way it is today, right? But then you have Kevin Nash, who was also a giant, who was also a world champion. But then you have Scott Hall, who stands out. And even though he didn't win a world championship, he still had a coolness about him. He still had a way of standing out. When I see him, 
and I think about all the stuff that he's done, and I look at there was a lot of people. Like shout out to my boy Banks. Um, a lot of people out there who he was their favorite wrestler because he was so cool because he oozed in machismo. He was, you know, easily one of the memeable people. Say hello to the bad guy, you know. <laughs> and, and, and I hear a lot of people talk about the accent. As a child, I didn't know any better. Now, of course, you know, I did think he was like Latino, and I was like, wait, I didn't know. Okay, he wasn't, but he played the role well. I didn't realize that the name Razor came from, you know, being cocaine. So this was Razor Ramon. I, I didn't think of that. You know, I didn't know that stuff as a child. But, you know, when I think about everything he's done and like me and my guard brother would always, um, you know, we always pretend to be wrestlers. And, you know, he would say one time, one more, uh, you know, one more for the good guys. You know, survey says I was riding down the street and I was blasting the wolf packs music and I was blasting the music and this guy looked over he was in a Uber and he said hey yo hey yo he's a black guy in the streets of Baltimore you know if you looked at him he was like oh he ain't no wrestling fan because you know wrestling fans had a stereotype right brother but he just looked at me and just said survey says and then we both said it one more for the good guys you think about he would say the guy who's more handsome than six movie stars or stuff like that. He always found ways to stand out. You And that's the reason why you look at the NWO, the founding fathers, as equals. Sure, you, you could say world championships, but you wouldn't dare say, okay, if Scott Hall was in the match, oh, it's not that big of a deal. You could put him in the main event slot. I would even say, as I was looking up some things, I would say, you know what? He was definitely one of the most important people never to win a championship. One of the most influential people never to win a world title. And I and I don't like the term doesn't need the um doesn't need the championship, whatever. But he was definitely one of those people. You know, he's a two time Hall of Famer. First four time three and four time intercontinental champion. And when I say world championship, I mean, he wasn't an AWA, NWA or WWE, TNA or WCW world champion. You know, he won world titles at like USWA unified world champion. And he was a wrestling world wrestling council, Caribbean heavyweight champion and universal heavyweight champion. But, you know, I was looking up like, like Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect was an AWA world champion. And but those two guys, you know, like I said, he made the Intercontinental Championship cool. He's one of the people that I think about when I think about the Reggie Parks edition of the IC Championship with the black leather. I think about Scott Hall. And, and you know, I, I don't have the commemorative belt. I was like, you know what? I mean, the signature series. I was like, I think I want to get it. Kind of wish I did. I never got a chance to meet him. But shout out to my boys, Glenn and Corey. He was in, or we was all in Orlando, and um, so we had like for we was both working the Fox Sports. All of us were in Fox Sports thirteen forty gig, and so we had like two passes right that weekend to go to Access. So me and Corey went that Saturday, and. When we went that Saturday, that's when um that was the time I met Dana Brooke and Samoa Joe. 
Corey and Glenn went that Sunday. So I said, it was a yes, yeah, Scott Hall's gonna be there. I'm gonna get and Corey's like, I'm gonna get my NFC title, autographed by Razor Ramon. So I was like, hey, yo, Glenn, can you take mine? He's like, yeah, man, not a problem. So he so I have his autograph. Um, no, I'm not selling. So, you know, I'm happy about that. And it says Razor Ramon, which is dope because he was Razor Ramon when he won that championship. But it's definitely, you know, he's definitely one of the people I think about. You know, like I said, no, was he ever like my number one guy? No, but I would say like, obviously often imitated. And I was walking around with toothpick today and my mother and father was like, what are you doing? And my wife is like, you've been dying to get a toothpick all week. But you know I was like last week last Sunday I was prepping for church and I looked at my phone and I said Scott Hall and life support and I said man you know I set up a prayer because I remember when Ric Flair was on life support and I was like man I hope he makes it and our prayers went up and they pulled through but for Razor for Scott God had other plans my heart goes out to Kevin Nash Sean Waltman, um, Paul Levesque, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels or Michael Hickenbottom. My my heart goes out to them because the click was something is something special, and it's been fortunate that we was able to see Hall go into the Hall of Fame twice to be able to get a couple of Hall of Fame speeches from him. That's a blessing. It's been a blessing to be able to get, um, you know, to see them get older. You you look at, I remember when DX went in and as X-Pac, Sean Waltman was getting ready to talk how he didn't think he would be there just because of the way, you know, his life was going. And you saw how their lives were going and you seen how they live rough. But what I'm happy about is that Scott Hall was able to get with Diamond Dallas Page and Jake the Snake, repair his life, and be able to be in a situation where he could, you know, still be an influence to a lot of people. He could have that second chance without the demons that chased him. And he was able to do that, and, and I'm I'm happy. I'm happy I was able to witness that. And it's a blessing, you know, with, when wrestlers pass away, you really understand, like, our heroes are real. I'm one of the few wrestling fans that's not into comic books, that's not into, um, not into comic books, you know. I didn't get into Marvel and all that other stuff. But if you kill Spider-Man, you can put somebody else in that position. We saw what happened when they tried to put Razor, another Razor Ramon with the guy Rick. It just didn't work. But, you know, I, I thought about this. When we started the Wrestling Realm 11 years ago, we launched shortly after Macho Man died. And that was like wow that was like the first realization like man our heroes are real you know macho man was one of my guys and we've lost so many people over the years but scott hall 
like I said, he may have never been number one like he's been for a lot of people, but he was definitely one of my guys. You know, I have a couple of his Funko Pops. But my heart and uh, prayers go out to his family. Um, I thank you all for taking the opportunity to listen to this as I wanted to just pay tribute. And I've been listening to a lot of stuff. I've been wa- I haven't been watching too many matches. Watch a few, but I've been listening to a lot of people talk about him and reflect. I've been watching some uh, different promos in his documentary. And, you know, just hope y'all, you know, if I could, you know, give a message to people, you know, you have an opportunity, you know, right some wrongs in your life. Same way Scott Hall was able to do a lot, you know, be passionate give back to people one of the things that stood out was like Corey Gray said he gave back if it would be he would be a sponge if you would be a sponge and you wanted to learn about the business he would talk to you so it's it's great to see his influence you talk about looking at the rock you see the working punches just like the rock had Um, you know so it sucks that it's happened so close to Wrestlemania my heart and prayers go out to those Thank y'all for listening. So, give somebody a too sweet. Hey, yo. Thank you, Sky Hall. In my lifetime, I've learned hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do.